0: So this week, for those of you who maybe haven't caught up or you just need a refresher, all week long we have been talking about how to not burn out, whether it's ministry, and we obviously are ministry focused here, but not just in ministry, in your life, in your family, in your business. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to live in the fullness of Him at all times. And too often, people have burned out because we haven't known how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We haven't known when to draw a line with people. So on Monday, we talked about The number one way to avoid burnout, which is fellowship with the Lord, abiding in Him. In Him, we live and move and find our being. Yesterday, we talked about avoiding burnout with people. So people... Our baby shark. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, I honestly have a video of you doing that with me from years ago. Um, <laughs> but yesterday we talked about avoiding burnout with people. You
1: were doing so good. I was like, when you talked about avoiding burnout with people, I'm like, like these people right here. <laughs> these people. The so, goats yes. that bite. Yes. <laughs> True. Go ahead, go ahead. You were doing so good.
0: <laughs> Talking about avoiding burnout with people. You know, people are why we do ministry, people are why we're here. But people can also be the weapons that the enemy tries to use to cause burnout.
1: Just last night, Brother Tracy was saying, you know— the first thing that the devil went after was the ministry of helps through mm-hmm. the wife. And that's still the same ploy that he's using now. He, yeah. If he can't get the preacher directly, then he goes after the people that he cares about.
0: And so, you see that yeah. so many times through the word in stories where these mighty men of God are doing yeah. great things and then their wives yeah. are peaches.
1: Yeah. And it's, that, ve- it's very common, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So
0: yesterday's, if you have ever faced, or maybe you're facing right now, burnout with people, go back and watch yesterday's broadcast. And then today, yeah. we're talking about how important culture is yes. to avoid yeah. burnout
1: altogether. Amen. Caleb said this series has been great. That's awesome. That is so good. And uh, so today, as we're talking about how the power of culture can help you avoid burnout, uh, this is something that Pastor Nicole and I saw... Uh, uh, early on now, but it took us a little while at the beginning, is we didn't we recognized and finally realized that we did not have the culture that we needed to right. help us. And when we made that culture change, I'm telling you, the major burden of ministry lifted it because did. of the culture change. It was a total difference. And the power of culture is a huge, huge force. And that, when you have culture where it's kind of like a snowshoe. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went and did cold weather training, you would we would wear snowshoes at times. And instead of all the pressure being in one spot or, or in a ministry on one person, right. you would spread the weight across yes. across a, a larger group, a yes. larger group of snow, right? Uh, in this case, a larger group of people. And when the culture of the people decides to carry the burden of ministry with you i'm telling you it helps you to not burn out yeah well this can be applied down to a team so you have teams in your ministry uh you have building teams and functioning teams you don't need to be the one coming up with everything you don't need the one putting your hand to everything you need a culture that will help support this yeah. i'm telling you it ministry in my opinion sort of stunk until we change culture, yeah, not not sort of stunk. I really feel like a large portion of it really stunk, and um, then when we had the culture change, everything changed along with that. Yes, and it made such a big difference. And here's here's what it is: one of the biggest pieces of culture is this: is when a new person walks in. They want to fit in. They don't want to be the sore thumb unless they really like the attention. Uh, And so most people, the majority of people, are looking to see what... Are the majority doing, Mm -hmm. right? And when the culture of a church is only found in like the pastor and his wife, then the majority of people are not in that culture of heaven. And so the new people coming in, they just mimic the culture of the world, right? They just stay there. But when a people takes on the culture of heaven, then all of a sudden the new person comes in and goes, Oh, this is normal. And in order for me to fit in, and even just be comfortable, I need to put on their culture, right? And if your culture is the culture of heaven, they're naturally drawn to start disciplining themselves mm-hmm. and discipling themselves after Christ. It it started doing the work of ministry for us, yeah. and the load of all of that change and weight, and it, it, it shifted, and it was so much nicer to do ministry. Well, it's that way in anything. If you uh one time for example i was i worked for uh a pizza delivery company years and years ago, and we had uh we walked in and when I started working there and the culture was worldly, but it was like a family mm-hmm. you know it was like it was like Dom and his fam and uh so Fast it was
0: and if you don't know
1: if you gotta tell'. them. They, they need to come up to culture. I mean, come on.
0: I'm just, tr- again, I'm not trying to be a stick today, guys. <laughs> Unity, peace.
1: Anyway, but yeah, it, it was such a great family. Yeah. I, and I want you to see this it was easy, it was light, and it, everybody made money and they were excited but like we literally looked forward to going to work <laughs> like that should tell you something right. people there mm-hmm. look forward to going to work and it's They're not
0: w- like that's a fancy job it's, no. it's a no.
1: delivery it was it, it was a it was like there were not really many arguments mm-hmm. People just worked, and it flowed, and it was awesome. And after work, they all wanted to hang out together because they were a family, right? Mm -hmm. The the culture was that. The culture was we were one, right? The culture was that unity, and that's one portion of culture that church should definitely have. And uh, versus, (laughs) I'm in the same place. Yeah, yeah. Church should definitely try to be in unity. That is scripture. So... um, now, versus a few years later, the manager that was there uh, st- stopped working there, mm-hmm. and a new manager came in, and they were a manager by title, and they almost had an attitude on their shoulder, and man, the family completely splintered, and, and I want you to know, it was like everybody's paycheck went down it was a hassle to go into work. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be there, yeah. right? Think about that. If you just apply that right there, people were not fussing. People wanted to be there. They were family and they actually enjoyed going to work. Well, church basically is a work on your flesh mm-hmm. and people by nature don't just want to work on their flesh, but if they have a culture that they long for, then it makes them want to be there. Yes. And this is very important. Verse Versus if that culture is backbiting and ugly religion and all that kind of stuff, then that culture is going to say, man, why do I want to go there? It's just like the world, you know, a bunch yeah. of hypocrites. And I get it. I understand that. Well, here's the thing that was so important and I, I thought was amazing is when we had that family atmosphere, I knew what the sales were per week. When we had that family atmosphere, uh, it was two times yeah. as much sales as what it was When the other manager came in. Because
0: God blesses unity.
1: He blessed, yeah, he blesses unity, and, and even though God really wasn't in that place, it wasn't like no. a godly place, it was a secular place, there's principles that were at work. And that culture, even when people would pick up the phone, you know, they just finished laughing at somebody's joke, laughing at somebody of their family getting roasted or whatever, you know. But they had joy in their yes. voice. That makes people want to call back versus when they answered it, when the second manager was there, they're like, hello, you know. And and there's no joy, there's no connection to mm-hmm. them. They don't, they're not even wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, the customer felt like they wanted to be served. Yeah. They were wanting to serve the customer. And it changed everything in that, simply because of the culture. Yes. And it was easy. And it didn't feel like a burden. And we're talking about secular place. How much more should the church be like this? How much more? And uh, it changes things. So you saw the changes.
0: Yes. (laughs) It was truly, I was thinking about this yesterday on the broadcast. So many people that are on right now, you've only experienced this culture of boomerang. This is not where we started. Like, God has done a supernatural work through this ministry to create a culture of people that are hungry, humble, on fire. I'm not saying that we're perfect. We're all growing. But it's God who got in the midst and taught us how to do this well. So like we said yesterday, if you're finding yourself, you're coming onto this broadcast and you're realizing, I don't have a great culture at work. I haven't had a great culture at home or in my church. God can and wants to change everything turn it for his good and his glory and there's hope today that your culture whatever it is that you're in can still reflect heaven no matter where it's at right now so you may see a we're not a finished work but like God's helped us to turn it you may have seen us at the turn but the beginning while there were some that still hooked on and loved being here and grew, that wasn't the majority. It was refining and learning. And most all of that came because you and Pastor Nicole were hungry leaders.
1: Yeah. And then the
0: story you just told about Pizza Hut, or sorry, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're going to cut that out for editing. pastor worked somewhere. (laughs) So sorry. We just talked about that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wherever pastor worked, and there was... Most people know it was fine. And there was the manager... You know, it was the manager that caused it to fall. Yeah. And not every, like, there's a statement in the leadership training that a lot rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. And because you and Pastor Nicole led with hunger, humility, and were not satisfied with the culture, you weren't satisfied with something outside of the Bible— because you turned, you helped turn all the lives of the sheep that are here Yeah, now.
1: one person that decides to have and, and enter into the culture of heaven can literally influence hundreds and thousands of people, yeah, if not yes. millions, right? Uh, one person can do that this one of the things that happened and and I want you to see this is God will help you so much so if you're determining to change your culture just ask the Lord for help he'll show you what to do mm-hmm. so he will show you what to do listen this is very normal for God God actually you know commands us basically to pray and be in faith and expectation yes. that the culture of heaven comes to earth in Matthew 610 you know pray pray this way your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's culture change. That's literally praying. Our churches should look like heaven, not like the world, right? They should look like the culture of heaven in that way. And God will help you. So even if you don't know what to do right now, I didn't know what to do. I just knew we needed to change. I I went into Boomerang in 2009 thinking that when I preached the word, people would be hungry and they'd be (laughs) receptive. And then I'm like, then my pastor was like, Brian, you don't understand. I've been pastoring for 40 years. Yeah. This is the worst condition of society and church culture I've ever seen in my 40 years of life in America, right, as the overall church culture. And uh, I was like... Well, that helps me a lot because it makes me feel better. At least, I, you know, he said the fact that you're alive and you haven't shut down is a great testimony to you and to the Lord. Don't most
0: churches shut down after a year or two of being open? Yeah,
1: I think it's within five years most of them are shut down. And I know that most, it actually mirrors a lot of things. 2% make it generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2% actually will survive over a long time. And so one of the things that you'll see, that's the same thing with small businesses and everything. But one of the things is I'm going there, I realize that the culture is wrong. I realize, look, people are not hungry. They don't know the word, they don't care about the word. They're not hungry. This is what we faced early on. And so the food that I was giving, I needed to shift to feed the people where they were at. It's kind of like a baby. You can't feed a baby steak, but you can feed it milk. And you feed it milk until it can have steak. And we had to change that first. But it was quite frustrating. But I didn't know what to do. But here's what I did. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And the Lord started working on me. Honestly, the first few years was not the lord working on the church as much as he was working on me as a pastor and he was showing me what yes. to do what to change which we talked about when you're going to have the flow of the anointing and you that flow of the anointing will lift the burden and you won't be burned out mm-hmm. you let the anointing do its work one of the first things that we talked about was your first ministry is to yourself mm-hmm. you've got to change you you've got to receive from the lord and that's that's what so many years of ministry was in the beginning. And then uh, the Lord started talking to me. I, I just felt like something was off. And the Lord said, basically, very short version, you need to get hungry. Yes, And I'm like, I am hungry. I'm hungrier than anybody I really know. I've been looking for people that are hungrier than me. I can't find them. Right. Right. I can't find somebody who's leading me like this. Literally, I've been on a 15-year search for people that were more hungry than me, that were seeing the manifestations of the fruit of the kingdom of God in their life, and their vision was bigger than mine. Their hunger was... And it was so difficult to find. Right. I've found some of those people now, Brother Tracy, right? I've found some of those people. But, and others, but basically the men of God that are in my life. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that you, that you see is, I'm hungry, but I was rating myself off other people. So it's like, I'm the hungriest person I know, and you're telling me to get hungry. So logically, I had to receive that first. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, yeah, the issue is, yes, you're hungry compared to other people, but you're not hungry compared to me. Right. You're not hungry at my level of hunger. And there's a spiritual level of hunger in Christ, and you need to hit that. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And so I started, and then he asked me a question. He said, what is normal to God? Well, the best way I can relate this is if it's around lunchtime and you're already a little bit hungry, and then I start talking about your favorite food and how it smells and what it's going to taste like when you get a hold of it and what's normal to that food, especially if it's the best, right? All of a sudden, you would start to salivate and, and your hunger would grow. Yes. He asked me that question What is normal to God? What is normal to me? He was saying. And as I meditated on that over months and over over a couple of years, man, I got hungry for the normal of God because I realized the normal of God's not being seen. Right. Right. And that changed even my culture. Even though I'd I'd been in a decent place compared to other people, it raised my culture and my hunger raised. And when you, hunger is like the fire of God. When you get it on you, it will catch on other people. Mm -hmm. And when you get the fire of God on you, it'll draw people into that and they'll either catch or run away. Either one's fine, but at least they make a decision, Mm -hmm. right? That's why the Bible says I'd rather you be hot than cold. But don't be lukewarm. You know, because lukewarm causes no decisions, no commitments. There, there, there's nothing there that draws people higher or moves them forward. If you are not, if you're lukewarm, yeah. That's why he, de- he despises the lukewarm church. And so he drew me to this place of hunger and the fire of God. That's why I did the extended fast, and you know, one one extended fast, and then another extended fast. And in that moment, something caught on yes. me, and when it, and you all watched it. And when it called on me, uh, everybody, first of all, was like looking at me funny because the, the atmosphere had changed. And people didn't know it yet, but the culture had changed. Yes. The culture of boomerang had changed because its leader had changed, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when its leader changed, so I'll, I'll specifically say to pastors, get hungrier. Get hungry. You think you're hungry, get hungrier. Because if you're not seeing the normal of God, you're not hungry enough because God says if you'll get hungry, you'll be filled. Yeah. And if you're not fully filled with what you know is the normal of God, how come it is that a man without Jesus can ask the Lord to see the glory and get lit up like a light bulb, but believers today with Jesus, fully redeemed, and the Holy Ghost yeah. aren't living like that? Yeah. Right. There's a normal of God. And if you're not fully walking in it, get hungrier. Yeah. And just let those thoughts settle, because most most pastors I found, they roll right over that. No, I'm hungry enough. They make excuses for themselves instead of dealing and judging themselves properly. Right. And if you don't judge yourself proper properly, your decisions will judge you. Right. And so then and and this is what I had to face because the Lord said, you need to get hungrier. That didn't make sense to me at first, but as I received his word and I meditated on it, it opened up a whole new culture and a whole new place and that lifted the burden off of the ministry. I mean I mean it helped it, it majorly. It exploded it in the especially in the spirit at first. And so then he did something as I was following him and being obedient to him, he did something really interesting. So right after the first fast, I go to Florida, go to a ministers conference, I meet Pastor Amos from Nigeria. All of a sudden all of a sudden, uh, the Lord in the middle of the week says, take Pastor Amos home with you. Well, I just met Pastor Amos two days ago. This is a, you know he's, he's my size, six foot two, man from Nigeria. I don't know him. I've heard about Nigeria. There's a lot of Nigerian princes over there trying to take my money. <laughs> I got tons of emails, right, talking about that. And the reason is because in Nigeria, it's a survive mentality. <laughs> if they don't, if they feel like, it's not true, but they feel like if I don't scam, I don't eat. Right. So, and I'll tell you, there's a bunch of people claiming to be pastors, claiming to be pastors in that area and in that region. And all they're doing is trying to get American churches to give them money. Yep. Right? All right, now, so... <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, we went back. The, I, I felt like it was the Lord. I asked him uh, to come back home with me and stay with me for a little, for a little bit. He, and uh, But we were in the hotel before we left the next morning. Man, I was like sleeping with one eye open because I'm like, I better have heard from the Lord here. And I wanted him to come and spend the night with me before I took him home and spend the night with my family. Because I believe I'd heard right from the Lord. And and I felt very confident in it. But I can miss it, right? And I wanted sure. to check that before we went. Well, it was all the Lord, and He was awesome, and He's my brother. It's like, man, I love Him so much. I hope, I hope He gets to see this. I love Him yes. so much. Such a and, sweet Oh man. my goodness, An anointed and mm-hmm. powerful, the a man of prayer. The best i
0: ever given, Pastor Nicole. I know.
1: I came back from a conference <laughs> and I brought brought her a large African man for a month. It was it was awesome. There's no more she, unique <laughs> gift that you can give. <laughs> she was like, she was like, oh, she's like. I said, um, I'm bringing somebody home with me. She said, "What?"
0: <laughs> Marky wants to know if she's not as val—she's not as tall as Pastor. She's not yet, as so tall. It yeah. Out a little different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, yes, true. A longer lasting. She was been here for like four years now. So, but anyway, it was it was one of those things where he gets here and the Lord says, "Have him minister to the church." Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> the hunger that I'd been walking in and the things I'd been seeing and wanting to release in the church, he released them mm-hmm. and when he when he preached and ministered that night. bodies were everywhere and the church had seen this power but not like this you got to understand this wasn't just him this is what i had broken through before i left and it was starting to all manifest at one time and from that moment we've had the power of god and the fire of god yes but he was kind of like a catalyst there and so and then people were like what is this my flesh is not comfortable with this. There's a new culture at Boomerang, and many people left. Yes, they did. And it was right in that right, it, right in that same period of time that I get. I'm on Sunday morning. I'm preaching. I preached. I'm done with my notes. I'm done. I've given everything. I felt like I was supposed to give. I've already looked in the eyes of everybody that was listening. They're done. And right <laughs> at that moment, they're like, "Okay, we're ready for you. Be done, Pastor Brian." Right at that moment, God says. Keep preaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I, remember, I remember standing in the old building having a conversation in my spirit with God. Like, I, I'm still talking and preaching, but in my spirit, I'm like, I'm done preaching. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to preach anymore. They don't want me to preach anymore. He said, again, keep preaching. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was the Lord. So now I checked, I, I discerned it, I knew it was God. I kept preaching for at least another 45 minutes or so. About that time, uh, we got done. Everybody was really done. I mean, they were really done. I felt so much pressure. You know, the second week I get up, I'm like, whoo, first week I'm like, whoo, glad that's over. Amen. I was obedient. Apparently somebody needed something, you know, and, uh, no, it wasn't just somebody needed something. We all needed something. I needed something. And, uh, and then get to the second week, I get done preaching again, people are done, I'm done, God says, keep preaching. I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a, this is a thing now. Well, right? and mind you, around
0: this time, Boomerang was at a, I know you know this, yeah. but everyone else, Boomerang was getting ready to move to multiple services. Because we'd, yes. started, we'd started growing, and we had more bodies in attendance, and our space was limited. Yep. So we had been praying over multiple services, and this starts happening. And Yeah,
1: we were about two weeks away from going to that. And the Lord had said, mm-hmm. wait.
0: Yes. Yep. And then people, as, as you just said, people started leaving. Yeah. And... I, you may be getting. If I'm jumping, I apologize. But we were less than half of the people by the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm getting. It. Yeah,
1: I'm getting. So I mean, we're getting ready to go there. Go ahead. And well, finish. I was
0: just going to say during this time, I remember. I don't believe I was one of them, but I remember leaders on our E.L.T. were trying to get you to stop. Multiple yes, leaders yeah. were saying this is too long. It's too much. Logically, yeah. look at what's happening. So it's not just Correct. congregants. Your people yes. who are supposed to be your errands and hers in ministry upholding your arms are basically dropping your and arms.
1: every normal worldly normal church building strategy and strategist was would say I was wrong Yes that I was wrong. every one of them the, the bringing brother Amos, Pastor Amos in uh, bring you know preaching longer right? And everyone
0: Amos didn't minister normally.
1: Oh no! The world normal. I think his first he went like two and a half, three hours too. I think, and uh, oh. it was awesome. And though. his
0: version of ministering, like there were yeah. different points where he breathed on. Yeah, people. he was
1: he was blowing like that, and people did not like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's in the Bible. It's mm-hmm. like Jesus yeah. breathed on them, you know. Yeah. And uh, but but they breathing. weren't they weren't used to it. No, it was not their culture. And these are things that you have to understand when you change culture, there's people that want the old culture and they're going to leave. But God will send you people that want the new culture, a culture of heaven, a culture of power, a culture of reality, and not just a culture of the normal corrupted earth. And so here, you know, second week, the Lord says, keep preaching. I'm like, oh, Oh, this is a thing. Like, how long is this going to be a thing? And at the end of the first month, people started leaving, mm-hmm. right? People started stop. They didn't show up anymore. At the end of the second month, at the end of the second month, uh, we were down to half, mm-hmm. right? And and really, the leaders like pastor, I don't, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know. They're like, this is not how you build a church. I said, this is what the Lord said to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I was hungry enough for the normal of God that I listened to Him instead of listening to them.
0: And praise God.
1: I was put that in the comments. We need to be hungry enough for the things of God, for the normal of God, that we listen to him and not them. Amen. Right? And that's what happened. So as I was obedient, I did not know at that time he was shifting our culture. I didn't know that. I was I was short-sighted on that. I was just being obedient. Mm-hmm. See, God knows what you need to do. Your spirit man can hear that. You just need to yield to the spirit of God to change it. And so then, now listen to this, and you remember this. He had me preach that long for six months straight. Six months straight. And at the end of the six months.
0: Multiple times a week. We had yeah. multiple services. Sunday oh, and yeah.
1: Wednesday. Yeah. And, yeah, it was long. And, I mean, the second week, I think it was, one of the elders was like this. Like, and holding their watch up, you know, show it. And I was like. Now that aggravated me. <laughs> gonna preach longer now, boys. I was like, that actually motivated me. Because <laughs> you know, I under that's like that's basically a seducing spirit, right? It's a seducing spirit influencing somebody that shouldn't have done what they did. That's all their logic trying to you like pa- either you trust your pastor or you don't. Follow him in that moment. He's not breaking. It's not immorality. Ask him later. But in the middle of the flow, you don't do that. And uh, that actually actually pushed me to go ahead. I realized we're up against something here. We're up against something here spiritually. Mm -hmm. That helped me to see it spiritually that this was a fight. And so after six months, now watch this. The only people that were left were the hungry and the humble. Yes. They were either... Not hungry, but they were humble, right, and planted, or they were hungry and they won the things of God. And so we were left. Now, listen to this. When God started shifting culture and the people that didn't want to be there left, the people that were left were in unity. Mm -hmm. They were all unified, For the normal of God and for the things of God. Yeah. And that culture... Now, understand, we had started the culture, but the culture had not been fully adopted, right? We're in it, but it's not adopted yet. There's a point where the the people actually adopt that culture. They make a decision. I'm planting myself. I'm giving away and I'm killing the things that would pull me away from that. And I'm adopting this culture. That's when culture really explodes in the body. And so the the explosion of the culture is really for the people. Now, think about this. Pastor Nicole and I, we can't do what boomerangs called to do by ourselves. So if we hold the culture alone, it's still not going to happen. Pastor JB makes a statement he says culture eats vision for breakfast And your destiny is tied to your vision because you have vision to show you how to get to your destiny. So literally, destiny is directly tied to your culture. So you can have great vision, but if you don't have the culture that will support that vision, you won't hit your destiny. And so when the people recognize that the place that they're planted and the culture of heaven in that place is tied to their destiny and they adopt that culture, they start Stepping into their destiny. So I encourage every person, no matter where you are and where you're planted, get the culture of heaven and when you got it, adopt it. But a lot of times people are they are confused. Most people thought the culture of heaven was build numbers. And you build numbers by not going so long. But that's not the culture of heaven. That's the culture of yielding and actually training the flesh to, to serve itself. Mm-hmm. That's the culture of the flesh. And that's what's been wrong in the American church. And so he had me do this to break the power of that, hey, we're done at noon mentality. Yes. Right? He had me do that to break the power and break the power of the flesh. like. If you got a problem with the time, take your watch off. Stop looking at it. Do what you got to do. And I'm not I mean this past week I finished preaching by noon. That's that's impressive. Like that normally doesn't happen, but this last week it did, right? I'm not looking to always go Super, super long. I'm looking to be obedient. Yes. We have a culture of the leading of the Spirit and obedience to the Spirit. Yes. And the Lord told me, He said, Everybody who's not hungry and humble will leave. Mm-hmm. Well that <laughs> That's not necessarily what I wanted to hear, Lord. You know, but he said, But I will send you yes. the hungry and the humble to yes. join you. And that has happened. Literally, our numbers went up, our finances went up, and the core was so unified, the power of God started flowing in the place. And from that moment that we start seeing the power of God in manifestation yeah. higher than we'd ever seen it before, because the culture had changed. It became an atmosphere that was easy to step into. Yes. So God will help you change that culture, but you have to be obedient to Him.
0: We can't have a culture of serving ourselves. You and Brother Tracy have heard both minister on how in America we have moved away from waiting on the Lord and serving Him. And it's become such a microwave society. We're in, we're out. This is on my timeline. This is how I want things. And God's outside of our box. So if we don't have a pastor leaders you know we don't have the fivefold giftings in our life who are willing to challenge yes. what's been the status quo yeah. We're, congregants sheep are never going to learn how to minister to their king which means yeah. he won't be active in our lives yeah. it can you've been preaching Just this past weekend, and and Brother Tracy's been ministering it this week, we must carry the power of God. It's not about building a business. It's not about having a large following. Yes, in the multitude is a king's glory, but it's not numbers for numbers sake. It's about getting the power of God, the fire of God, what's going to transform someone's life to the people. Yes. We can't be so about ourselves that we forget the whole reason we're here is him so yes. he can transform lives. And the Church of America has been so self-centered Correct. and so focused yeah. here. We're missing him. Yeah, it, We've missed him.
1: Yeah, the kingdom, what we said this week is, you know, was at First Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. Yes. And when he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if I'm not bringing power, I'm not bringing heaven. Mm -mm. I'm not bringing the kingdom, right? And that's our job. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. That means ambassadors of his power, of his anointing, not just words, not just mic drop moments. And of course, very quickly following this, the Lord dropped in me that revelation not too long after that about the flow of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much the culture of the American church has been all about logic And not about impartation through the Spirit. And when you get that, understand that revelation, the flow of knowledge... Then you're like, what are we even doing? What have we been doing? And yeah. that's what happened. But think about this. Many people are not going to want to let go of that because that's what they've known all their life. But just because you've known it all your life doesn't make it right. Right. And that's, and, and really what started all of this was about year five of pastoring. So it was about 2014. Uh, the Lord said, the Lord said to me, now I've been pastoring for five years. He says, What is the church? I was like, Lord, I know when you ask this question that you've already spoken, I don't know. That's why you're asking me, which is really sad, because I've been pastoring your church for five years, and I'm just figuring out. I don't know what the church is. But
0: you were open enough for him to be able to ask the question.
1: Well, that's where humility comes in. I was like, "Help me see it," because he said, "You don't need to know what it is that you're doing. You need to know what I've said about that church." And when I got in there, and I got the revelation of what the church is, and I saw the flow of knowledge, and I saw the hunger and the humility rise. I'm telling. I'm telling you, our culture changed. And mm-hmm. what happened is that culture that had been in Nicole and I the whole time, the first thing is it, it got into our leaders. Yes. As we talked about it, as we preached that, as we preached it under the anointing, it broke the yoke of that bad culture. It broke the yoke of that bad culture. And as we continued in that, as we continued in that, uh, then the leaders said, oh, I see it. And they jumped into that culture yeah. a little bit at first and then more and then more and then more. And then finally, like they were immersed in that culture. Well, now we didn't just have two people. We had like seven or eight people right. that were carrying the culture. Well, then the new people that would come in, the old people would be like, yeah, we know them. We're familiar with them. Isn't that you know Mary's son, the carpenter's son? Mm-hmm. They would They would be familiar with it and even with me. And they're like, oh, they're, they're, think they're rising up and everything. And it was literally a spirit trying to hold that stuff down. But listen, they either humble themselves and change or they gotta go. Cause mm-hmm. God's gonna have unity in his church. Yes. If the anointing's around, the anointing is gonna draw to unity. So it's gonna put pressure on disunity. And it's so important to have a culture of the anointing. That will save you so many problems in your ministry, in your teams. Have a culture of the anointing. It'll keep the bad people out and it'll draw the people you want. does. Without question. And, but it'll also draw people to decision points, which is what we're called to do, to make disciples. So we need this culture, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the new people coming in, they don't see us with the same familiar eyes, at least at first. And they're like, oh, the leaders are doing this. I want to be with the leaders, so I'm going to do that too. Yep. And they would, we would lead behind some of the old people who would not change. Yep. Now that's on them. They need to change. They need to. Repent, you know Acts three nineteen. Will you look that up? They need to repent. They need to change their way of thinking, and that goes for all of us. Listen, the Lord has been talking to me. He talks to me all the time and tells me stuff. You need to change this. You need to tweak this. Don't get bent out of shape when when a change comes, or beat yourself up because you didn't know it or weren't doing it. Just make the shift right then and move. Go forward, right? Mm -hmm. And and so read Acts three nineteen.
0: Therefore, repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord.
1: So, see, when, the, when we actually give ourselves to that change, then refreshing will come. Mm-hmm. Then the things of God will change. And this is, we need to be ready to do that all the time. Yeah. Now, he's talking about salvation, but that's a spiritual principle that we can change, even we can, in other words, that area of our life that our mind is not renewed to, we can let salvation hit that area, change that area, and we'll be refreshed again, yes. right? We'll be refreshed. We can walk in constant refreshment Yes. by staying ready to change for the Lord, all right, and So then uh, that culture got in the first ring of leadership, and then it got in the second ring of leadership, and then the third ring of leadership, and then in our life groups, and we just talked plain. You know, before that, I was like, uh, one of the things that really helped me was uh, Exodus 18. Where Jethro's given that uh, uh, discussion and given those points to Moses. And one of the things he was saying, and this is by the Lord, he said, you, you teach them the principles of God and you tell them the work that they are to do. Mm-hmm. Before that, i I'd, I'd been holding back the work. But I realized, this is a command from God to a leader on how to lead. Yeah. And I'd say, no, we can't do that. We've got to do it this way. And that whole culture shifted. And all of a sudden, the majority of people in the body were in that culture. And then new people were coming in. They're stepping right into that culture. Mm-hmm. And they, they'd say, oh, this is the way we need to be. If this is our place, this is how we need to be. And they'd grow up in that culture. And it was like, I went this is so much easier. Like, this is awesome, you know? But it was because we were obedient to the Lord and we repented ourselves. And so one person can decide to be obedient, open up their heart to change, humble themselves Humble themselves yeah. and say, Lord, you show me what to do, I'll do it. Yeah. I don't care what it means for me. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about what people think about me. Lord, I change and I go after you. And the culture of your own heart will start to change. The yeah. culture of your mindset will start to change. And it has an effect on the people around you. Yes. And that that shows the hunger, that shows the humility. You'll be filled, and grace and greater grace will start to come into your life, and then people People say, like Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, when you do these things and you're not conformed to the world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you'll start to prove that God's will is good, mm-hmm. God's will is perfect, God's will is acceptable, and people around you will start to accept the will of God for their life. They'll start to accept the new culture for their life so much easier because it's real in you and the anointing's in you, and this yeah. is what we're called to carry. Every yes. believer should be carrying this, not just pastors, every believer.
0: Yes, as you're talking, what the Holy Spirit's bringing up to me is our partner, not just our partner churches, but the body of Christ as a whole has, yeah. is in a season of transition. Like, it's in a season of going higher yes. and yeah. needing to enforce godly culture yeah. against one of the darkest times we've ever been in. Yes, It's enforcing it. And so what he was bringing up to me is our partner churches— Hope yeah. City, Seastone Moorhead, other yeah. ministries that have partnered with us, they're in times of transition.
1: Yes, yeah. If, if we are there because they're our partner, yeah. For
0: sure. Correct. And as—I'm not speaking as a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm not separated into any office at this time. So as a congregant, if your pastor is shifting culture, he needs, they need you to shift with them. They need you to shift with them. They don't need you to go up and ask them 20 questions and harass them. If they're shifting something, support them. Pray for them. If you need to ask, ask. But shift with your pastor. Shift with your man and woman of God. If they're turning the tide on something, if they're coming against something, you stand with them, pray with them, support them, honor them, love on them. Because it's on the flesh. It's not an easy job to be the man on the flesh to stand against a tide. But if you'll stand with him, the tide can't go far. If you'll stand, the tide has to stop. And so as you're talking, it just it reminds me of Boomerang. Like, I, I've been moved to tears literally the last two nights at the tent meeting. Yeah. Because I, I'm sitting in the back. I have Caroline with me, my daughter. So I don't want to run around, uh, brother Tracy. So I'm sitting in the back watching. And I have the unique opportunity of watching the whole tent, but also our cluster of people. Yeah. And how they're responding man, like they're jumping. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry. They're it's dumb- not
1: the way it was.
0: It's, it's not. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not what boomerang used to be. And they're worshiping and praising, yeah. like, Night one, I'm watching Serena, and Serena's just bouncing and jumping and so excited about stuff. Last night, I looked over, and it's the whole front row, and then back, and then people. It's not what it used to be, and they're so hungry. Not not
1: just that, but there was 28 or 29 people that drove an hour and a half because the culture is hunger. Yes. And the culture is humility, right?
0: It's like Nick— Pastor Zach and Pastor Danielle, they're so hungry and they're traveling. And next week they get to bring people with them. You know, Pastor John and Sister Shanti that have traveled up from Evansville to be in these tent meetings. It won't just be them. It will not just be them. There will be more that hook on and more that press in and more that are so hungry because they're not going to let go either. Pastor
1: Gerald, how long did you drive from Houston? You flew? How long is it from uh to drive from Houston to here. Sixteen hours to drive. Yes. I, obviously the flight's shorter, but that's that's a long Hunger. way to come because they're hungry. Yes. Right? And that's so and now and watch this. I will tell you, this transition on the flesh was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. Because I saw the people that I loved leaving me in their eyes.
0: They did. And
1: at that moment, I didn't need leaders to be squishy. I needed them to be strong. Yes. I needed leaders that were with me, that were backing that. And now we can see the, see, it's easy to look back now. But at that point, it was theory based off of what God had said. Mm -hmm. We think he, he was saying to us, right? Now it's easy to see it and see what's right. So I'm telling you, this is what's right from experience experience and what the Lord told us to do just like he'll tell you things I'm telling you it's the right thing so praise God that's more than what I had when I did that and when I when I started receiving the blowback and watching people in the middle of the service get up and leave not just for length of time but because they were uncomfortable under the anointing that's on them and that's their choice and I have to let them make that choice but I can't stop making that choice because I need the burden to be lifted off of the people I'm called to and the only way to do that is to have a culture of heaven and a culture of an anointing so I can't stop because someone in their immaturity disagrees Mm -hmm. and when that immaturity disagreed on that I, I needed leaders that would back me, and honestly, some did, some didn't. And, and they're when, gone. And yeah, correct. And, and they're not only a part; their their lives. Most of them, their lives went down because they missed that. They missed that. Some of them are already in heaven yes. because they missed it. They missed it, and this is what I want you to see. And is. That's the time where you make a decision. See, like right now, like okay, I'm the pastor of Boomerang over what's right, you know. But, but. I'm also somebody who needs to support the vision mm-hmm. and not be squishy to like brother Tracy. Yes. When he's going forward and and the Lord's telling him to do stuff and people don't understand, I need to be strong there. So every person as a disciple of somebody else mm-hmm. needs to adopt that culture where God has planted them. I'll remind you of the scripture, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, It will not produce fruit. That means I've got to kill off my feelings and my fleshly side and let the spirit be planted in the soil of the spirit where God has placed each member in the body. And so when he planted me with Brother Tracy, I don't get to say, well, Brother Tracy, I don't think that's a good idea on on something that's moral. If it's immoral, okay, I can say that. But I don't get to say, I don't think the Lord told you that in that way. If he asks me for an opinion, I can give that opinion, and I should, and don't be a yes man, but still be gentle and honorable, Mm -hmm. right? And even if he doesn't agree with me, like there was something not long ago, I said, I think we might need to do this. He was like, yeah, we're not doing that. I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: He said, "There's." I,
1: I'd ask him a question, and in the middle of the meeting, he announced what we were doing, and it was the opposite of what I'd asked for. He said, "I guess you found out what we're doing." And that's what he said to me. Like y'all, y'all think I'm the only one who's?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just smiling because it's like I. I've lived that. I know. It's I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: And I was like, yeah, okay, good. I'll be here. You know? And even though it contradicted some other plans I had. Now, listen, I know where I'm planted. Yes. And I've given myself to that soil. Mm-hmm. I know who my number one man of God is. Yes. I know that. And I'm committed to that and committed to that soil. Well, that's the way, when you do that, then that leader when when he's under the pressure of pressing forward think about this right now he just pressed into so many areas I'm going to be the beneficiary of we are going to be the beneficiary of what he's done he was talking about this week the things that God has had us do over the decades I'm like and I'm walking into it you planted I'm getting to harvest it Yes. And see that culture has made it easier on me and lifted the burden I don't have to go and call My way through all this stuff because I'm planted in a culture that's already lifted the burden. Yes. You see? And, but in order to help that, I don't need to be squishy when he needs to lean on me for support and have his team and his partners behind him. He needs to find strength there. Let's go get it done. Let's do it. You know? Well,
0: and it's not, obviously, I'm not taking away from leaders. Yeah. But it's not just leaders. Like, it's not just the pastor, it's not just the apostle. We all have people that are going to follow behind us.
1: Yes, correct, correct.
0: Every single person, yes. you know, everyone coming into Boomerang, their lives will be affected by how I live my life.
1: Correct, that's what right. What I choose that's to right. do
0: or not do, it yes. will have ripple effects. Yes, so it's not just the man and woman of God standing at the pulpit d- deciding to go after culture. You matter. That's right. Your choices matter. Your yeses to God matter. Yes. You overcoming obstacles, it matters. You breaking barriers, it matters. Yeah. Because you can break through things and have it lead to freedom for others five years from yes. now. Because yes. Because you chose to break through. Like, and this is not a, not me. Hannah is sitting right here. Hannah's joked with me. She her her joking saying is Barrett walked so we could run like because like her <laughs> flesh has had similar flesh tendencies to mine. Five years ago, I would have hated that because it's like, cool, my <laughs> mistakes, woo. But true, truthfully, glory Correct. to God because yeah. she's going to move further, faster than I did.
1: That's right, and that's, that's right. what
0: matters: furthering yes. the kingdom as a whole.
1: Skylar said, "This is a great statement." Shift with your pastor yes. or shift with your leader. Think about this. I want to give this to pastors and and Lee I'm going to give it to the different groups. Pastors, do you want people that will be strong? You want people in your ministry that will be strong when you need their support? You want, their, you want that culture to be back in you? Sow that into your pastor. Sow that into your planting. See, I believe we are reaping this because I've done this for years yes. with the people that I've been with and I've sown that into them and I'm there with them. I'm loyal to them and I've sown that I believe we're reaping a part of that. You want that in your ministry, sow it. <laughs> right? Course. Here's the other thing. Even if you're if you are the team leader, you want your team to be on board and that you want them to be planted properly, you sow that into your leader. You want your you want your coworker To be on board. And let's just say you want to one day maybe lead something, right? Even if you're leading nothing right now. So that support Mm -hmm. now, the adopting of that culture, and you will have those things. That's Mm -hmm. the beginning of leadership is actually being a good follower. Remember the centurion? I'm a man. Under authority. Yeah. In other words, he had authority because he came yeah. under authority. He couldn't have authority outside of authority. He came under that and he adopted that culture and planted himself in that way. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great mm-hmm. faith because he understood. That man understood the flow of authority. Yeah. And, he, and he said, I know you're under authority. He was saying, Jesus, I know you're under the authority of the Father. You speak the word, it's done. He knew that. He understood that. Well, you sow that and you adopt that culture uh, that if it's the proper culture, you make sure that you adopt that culture and you will see the seeds turn into harvest in your life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, go ahead.
0: Well, it's the parable of the talents. Yeah. You, You can't be entrusted with something of your own until you prove yourself faithful with something of another's. So why Correct. would God entrust me with a ministry or a team or whatever until I've proven yes. that I can be faithful with something of my man of God's, my yes. woman of God's? So yeah. we need to be faithful where he's planted us. He's not going to. anyway.
1: Yeah, I yeah. see. I see Michael's online. And uh, listen, you know, Michael said something to me when we were down there a few months ago at Seastall, And um, he was saying how the Lord had put on his heart to support pastors Zach. Let me tell you something, Michael. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you know exactly the opportunity that the Lord opened up to you when he wrote that on your heart. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you actually know the depth and the weight and the eternal value of that opportunity. That is a huge moment, and it is a huge thing to the Lord. Some people say, well, he's always just second man. That no. is not the way the Lord looks at it. No. He does not look at it like yes. worldly. He, he looks at that as one of the most important things that you ever can do in your life to support the vision of somebody who's carrying that godly vision. Like it is so very important. Yes. Now listen to this. Now the thing is you want to find a place that's carrying the culture of heaven. And if you don't find a place that's carrying the culture of heaven, you don't want to sow seeds into that. And the culture of heaven heaven is putting down the flesh and living by the Spirit of God. And that means I'm not living by logic. I'm not living by the corrupted nature of the world. I'm living by heaven because the culture of heaven will set the captives free. The culture of heaven will get people healed and they won't die of cancer in that way because they'll get healed, right? The culture of heaven will bring the prosperity of heaven into the lives of the people. The culture of heaven will multiply peace the culture of heaven will multiply mercy the culture of heaven will multiply grace in their lives but you don't get those things and the fruit of those things in the culture of the world and much of the so called church has adopted the culture of the world it's marketing it's feeding the flesh it's doing it's like we got the best church so come be a part of us you shouldn't even listen to that why like that is the most ludicrous thing for people to say is like come to us because you'll like us better it's not a competition no the first corinthians 12 18 says but now god has placed the members in the body as he desires. the only question is god where do you want me to be not where am i most comfortable not where do my kids like that you want a place where god knows there's a culture of heaven there yeah And and it's not only is it there, it's active and manifesting. It's not just a culture of words. It's a culture of the kingdom of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I said it on Sunday. I asked the question, Lord, let me. He said, why are we the way that we are, right? Why are we like this, right? It's because God's real and he knows what to do. And we don't know all all the answers to that, but he knows all the answers. And as we yield to him, he'll lead us to the place where our flesh will have to be submitted, but the spirit of God will be raised up and that anointing will break the oath. We have more Preaching available to people than we've ever had in the history of the world, and yet the moral compass of the world keeps going down. It's not just preaching that's going to make the difference it's anointed preaching and the culture of the anointing that's going to shift things and lift the burden off of you take that take that burden off of you take that weight off of you and make it easy and light and this is where Jesus says if you're burdened and heavy laden come to me Come to my culture. Come to that place. He said, come to that place. I will give you rest. I will make it easy and light. Where? in him doing it his way in his culture. The last thing I'll say is this. Second Please look this up. 2 Peter 2 and verse 7 and 8. This is not the full teaching on culture. And um I can give this i'm going to ask them to put this in the description is how to uh how to create proper culture how to there's so much more maybe i'll um maybe I'll teach on some culture I've done it before we've talked about it before, but maybe I'll teach on it some more but uh the notes that we have we'll put in the comments the notes are a link to the notes, but also how to create. And keep a right culture. One, identify the culture you should have. Two, identify the present culture. So one, identify the culture that you need to have. It's the culture of heaven, it's the culture of power. Two, identify what is your present culture. Where, where are you at right now? And you can tell the present culture by what the people do when the leader's not around. When the leader's not around, what do they do? Moses goes up on the mountain. The culture of, it, of Egypt still in the Israelites. They start building the calf to worship. They're still in idol worship. The culture had not changed yet. So when the leader went away, they went right back to the culture of Egypt uh, because they hadn't changed. Versus Jesus, they had, he leaves them. He ascends into heaven, and they're all sitting around the upper room praising God and worshiping God. Right? They didn't go to idol worship, and uh, they tried to go back to fishing, But see, even then, he fixed that last piece of culture, and now they're in the upper room, right? So what what do the people do when the leader's not around? That's how you can tell where your present culture is. And then you've got to share your vision and the proper culture with the people, part three. Share vision, proper culture. Three, give anointed preaching and teaching on culture, This anointed preaching and teaching will break the yoke of the bad culture and it will create a hunger for the right culture. Right? You've got to preach this and teach it. Use the anointed. Remember to lift the burden, let the anointing do the work. Stop trying to talk people into it. Get in it so much that the anointing's in it in you and let that anointing flow. Five. Model the right culture. You be that right culture. Model it. Six, disciple the right culture. In other words, say this is the work that you should do. This is something you shouldn't do. And seven, celebrate the right culture. When you see the right culture, celebrate it. So, And then repeat. Right. Do this over and over and over and over again. It's similar to division. Pastor J. B. and leadership says when you're done, ta- when you're uh, tired of talking about vision, that's when the people are really starting to get it. Mm-hmm. All right. I de- so again, identify the culture you should have. Step one, two. Identify the present culture. Three. Share vision and proper culture. Four. Give anointed preaching and teaching on culture. Five. Model the right culture. Six, disciple the right culture. And seven, celebrate the right culture and repeat that. Repeat that process over and over. Here's the last thing that I want you to see. I want to read this verse. Go ahead, Second uh, Peter 2, verse 7 and 8.
0: And if he rescued righteous lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, Felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds.
1: You ever you ever recognize that um, it's like he says the word righteous a whole lot in those last two verses. What he's identifying there, I love this reference. Not that Lot went through that. But here's the issue. Lot was righteous by the Holy Ghost's words. Like My ideas of Lot has not always been the greatest. But here you have the Holy Ghost actually identifying Lot. As righteous. Mm -hmm. So he was righteous by the Holy Spirit, saying, He was righteous, Mm -hmm. right? But yet he lived in a culture of evil. And the word just told us, you can look back at it, that in that culture, even though he was righteous, he was oppressed and tormented. Oppressed and tormented. Now, why? What does Jesus say? He says, if you release the culture of heaven and you release peace to a house and it's received, you go into the house. But if you release the culture of heaven and it's rejected, what are you supposed to do? You leave that city, knock the dust off your feet. That's not what Lot did. And because he stayed in a culture that wasn't heaven, he literally, even though he was righteous, was oppressed and tormented. Listen. God's not going to send you to a church yes. that doesn't have the culture of heaven or is not quickly moving to that place. Yes. Yes. He's not going to send you to a place without the culture of heaven. And here's what you need to do. Find people that know what that culture is and they have fruit. They're seeing miracles. They're seeing the fruit of the spirit. They're seeing the culture of heaven. They're seeing the manifestation of heaven on a regular basis. Peace is in the people. Family and home and joy is in the people. Honor, holiness is in the people. Hunger, humility. Find these things. Find somebody who knows how to see culture manifest. Yes. Talk to them. Ask some questions. We even did a we did a teaching called Am I in the right church, right? Or do I need to leave my church or something like that? Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different ones. That's going to tell you about the culture of heaven. And find that, and see that. Does my church match up with this? And don't don't pull the wool over your eyes. Be real. Be truthful. Am I in that right church? Are they living that? And are or are they heading there very quickly? Like if they're not that, they're actively doing this. At least it needs to be in the pastor. If it's not in that, if that culture of heaven's not in the pastor, you're going to eventually be like Lot. Even though you may be righteous, you're going to be oppressed and tormented and under the burden because you stayed in the wrong culture. Mm-hmm. Have the guts and the strength. Pull on God for strength and get yourself in a culture of heaven. Amen. Amen. And that'll relieve the burden. That's where we need to live and then when you get in that culture of heaven, you adopt it. So there uh, buddies put the, in there. There's your notes for uh, the culture, the power of culture, and you'll also see the steps on how to create that culture. And then there's the link right there. Am I going to the right church? So we'll put these things in the description for people in the archive. But this culture, this change of culture, it it reduces and releases the blessing of God and reduces the burden of the world. on And we've seen it. We walked it out. It's awesome. You want this. And so right now I just want to pray. Lord may the culture of heaven fall in every life that's hearing or seeing this message. May your culture come alive in the name of Jesus. May there be an explosion of heavenly culture in their hearts and minds and may they only be satisfied by the things of heaven that they'll not be satisfied by anything else may they only be satisfied by the things of heaven I thank you for it I praise you for it and I give you the glory and the honor Lord right now let every person hearing this take strength through your grace to adopt a culture of heaven be in a place with the culture of heaven grow in the culture of heaven yeah. and see the manifestation of the culture of heaven yes. and Lord let the burden that they've been carrying be lifted off yes. now just say this with me say Lord I receive those things, Lord, I, receive I, those have things. Have them. I have them it's working, in me now, it's working in me now, and I'm moving quickly. And I'm moving quickly towards the fullness of your culture. Towards the fullness of in your Jesus culture, in
0: Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name,
1: Amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you so very, very much. So glad to have you. And uh, if you would like to sow today, you are welcome to. You don't have to. We sow this broadcast into the world every weekday. Uh, but the Lord does tell people, says, "Hey, you need to you need to sow on that message, or you need to be a partner with the ministry. Help them get the word yeah. out." Listen, all right, I'm going to share something for everybody who's hanging out. I just got in my email this morning the contract to go live every or go on go on TV once a week on direct TV I just got it in my email this morning we've not signed it yet we're about to go on direct TV in the next couple of months all over the nation
0: surprise yes
1: amen (laughs) and uh, glory to God so anyway that's what you're sowing into as well God's moving forward it's going to new heights things are about to get real now Amen. so they were real before but it's going to extra real now. Amen. Amen. Look, Pastor Gerald said great word today, Mm. and Pastor Shanti said awesome message. Amen. Michael said, I am going to the right church. Yes, Yes, you are, Michael. Amen. That's awesome. Pastor John said that's great because he didn't want to be outdone by Shanti and Pastor Gerald. (laughs) So the nice comment you threw in there.
0: And we've come full circle today, (laughs) ladies and gents.
1: (laughs) He's got another one coming.
0: True. While you were praying, um, at the end as pastor was praying and he said the word quickly, what the Lord, I believe, said to me is this culture change will not take long. If you were serious Amen. about that prayer yeah. and you meant it with your heart, God does not take long to respond to faith-filled prayers. So yes. expect it. Like I yeah. saw in the spirit, I believe I saw our partner churches this Sunday, it's going to be different. Glory, Service yes. will Amen. be different this Sunday in Amen. your lives. Amen. It will be yeah. different. So expect, God will not take long. Amen. This change in Amen. culture is coming quickly.
1: Glory, and And listen to this, too, especially if there's pastors that are watching this or just leaders, right? Um, If you're watching this, you're not from here you can reach out because what you said is very important I believe the Lord told you to say this it's not going to take you as long as it took no, us he, because, yes. yeah, because you're going to be you have the ability to reach out and tap in ask questions what did you go through Pastor Brian what's happening there feel free to reach out and we will help, help you get those answers get that help to you we want to see that culture change for you go much quicker Amen. much smoother uh, it'll take strength on your part. And it'll challenge you. It'll challenge your leaders. It'll challenge the people that you're around, even if you're talking about in business. Because see, this culture change is not just for church. Mm -hmm. It's just like when I open up, it was important that I talked about the business culture. That even in your business and in your work, you can carry this culture of heaven there and see the favor explode on your business as well. So if you're facing a culture change, you want to reach out, you're welcome to do that. You can go to What's Right Dot com reach us connect with us we love you so very very much